0: This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Well, today, we're gonna talk about a subject. Um, Part of this subject is something that probably very few of us practice, including me. In fact, I told Jan the other day as we were uh, traveling back from uh, Tennessee that uh, I feel a little guilty about teaching this lesson, and I got under conviction several times while I was preparing it. And um, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about planning our time, scheduling our time, and so forth, and which is uh, uh, something that I'm not as quite—I'm not quite as uh, proficient at doing, perhaps, as maybe some of you are. And, but I've learned something from from preparing this lesson, and uh, so I, I wanted to preface the lesson with that because I want you to know I try not to be a hypocrite. I pro- try not to teach or preach something that I myself don't practice. Uh, I'm afraid sometimes the preachers do that. They pra- they preach something that they don't really don't practice, and uh, we don't mean to do that. Some uh, some do it on purpose, but. Uh, I don't mean to do that, but there are some things in this lesson today that I need to take heed to as well. And uh, so I trust that this will be a a blessing to you. In fact, I really thought about skipping this lesson. (laughs) And uh, the more I looked at it, the more I studied it, prayed about it, I thought, no, there's things in here that we all need. And so we're gonna talk today, we're gonna answer the question, how can I get all this done? Somebody made the statement to me when I retired. I retired in uh, 2014, and so that's been what? Um, six years ago. Seven years ago. seven, Eight years ago, thank you. I never was very good at math. <laughs> eight years ago, somebody said to me, you know, when you retire, you'll be, you'll be more busy than you were before you retired. And I'll have to confess that that's not always been the case uh It's not always true. I do have some spare time and uh I do play games on a computer once in a while, you know, and uh, I do waste some time and It's kind of interesting when I'm up in my office and I'm studying and working real hard, sometimes I'll take a little break and play and play free cell. you know what free cell is that's the that's the game that's on the, everybody's computer, I play it, and invariably, she walks up to that time when I start playing free Cell, <laughs> and she thinks that's the only thing I do, which is conscience. not. Uh, conscience. She's your conscience. I know. Yes, yeah, she is. The Holy Spirit knows when to send her up <laughs> to my office. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, How can I get all this done? Well, to begin with, I want us to read a chapter. Uh, I I debated also about reading this entire chapter, but I think it gives us a background for some of the things we're gonna be saying today. So open your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Thessalonians, the last chapter in the book of 2 Thessalonians. There's three chapters in 2 Thessalonians. And I I wanna read this because I'm gonna make reference to Several of the verses of this chapter as we progress through our study today. Finally, brethren, pray for us, that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is in you, and that ye may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And uh, we have confidence in that the Lord touching you, in the Lord touching you, that ye both do, the w- do, do and will do the things uh, which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts unto the love of God and unto the patient waiting of Christ. Now we commend you, brethren, not, uh, commend you, brethren in the name of the Lord Jesus, that uh, ye, ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the traditions which they received of us. For yourselves know how that ye ought to follow us, for we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we we have not power uh, but to make ourselves an example unto you, to follow us. For even when we were with you, this, this we commanded you, that if any uh, would not work, neither should he eat. But we hear that there are some which walked among you disorderly, working not, not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such, we commend and exhort by the Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. And yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace, always by all means the Lord be with you all. The salutation of Paul with mine own hand, uh, which is the token of, of every epistle, so, uh, so I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now, there are several things, as I mentioned <clears throat> in this passage, that uh, I want to share with you throughout this lesson that uh, have to do with being orderly and affecting things in, in, a, in a, uh, a way that uh, makes it more efficient for us to operate. But have you ever thought about scheduling your time so you can get things done. Some of you may do this, I, I don't know. I have a suspicion, however, that very few of us in this class do it. Actually make a schedule and, and go by a schedule. I think it's a good thing to do. I, as I s- said earlier, I don't do it uh, like I should do it. I obviously have a calendar, I keep a calendar, and I keep, a, I keep a, in a sense a schedule. But, um, uh, but not to the nth degree that, uh, that this lesson suggests that we do it. But I'm not, but I, uh, but I'm not unconvinced that we should do what I'm gonna be teaching you today. Um, a good way to state all of this is to use a familiar st- saying, Uh, which no one knows who first made this statement, but the truth is we use it over and over and over all the time. I've said it so many times. That is, plan your work and work your plan. And that's our outline for today. Actually, two-point outline, two major points, is plan your work and work your plan. And that's the basis for the entire lesson. And if we don't have a plan, if we don't make a schedule, we find ourselves just kind of drifting. You ever find yourself doing that? Just taking what happens and drifting along and, and uh, not really having a master plan uh, to go by. <clears throat> we just simply allow things uh, to happen instead of taking control over time and of our interests. So it's common, commonly observed that very few elderly people plan their days with any sort of options. And um, the ones who do that probably have done it all their lifetime and the reason you're doing it now, if you do, is because that's been your practice throughout your lifetime. That's been your lifestyle. And so you've carried that over into retirement. Well, when I was pastoring, I had to keep a schedule. And, uh, <clears throat> but uh, since I retired eight years ago, uh, that schedule's not been uh, maintained quite as, uh, quite as tightly as it was when, when I was pastoring. And... Uh, But it really should be. Um, Take the situation of a retired man who, uh, in his working days, he had a place of employment. Um, His place of employment would dictate to to him what he would do for eight hours a day. And um, when you were working, most of you here in this class now are retired. Some of you still are working. But uh, you had an employer that demanded a schedule of you. And he kind of controlled your time. Your, your employer, your work uh, controlled your time. And so that forced you to have some sort of a schedule, even though it was maybe, maybe it wasn't your schedule at least. Uh, you were on a partic- <clears throat> particular schedule. Um, but then when you add to that a wife, perhaps, that uh, has never really been that strict in a schedule or keeping any kind of a schedule, what you come up with there's a couple that's just out there drifting and uh, not keeping much of a course in, the cor- in, the, in, the, in life. Uh, drift will, will um, inevitably, inevitably set in when, when we do that sort of thing. Things, that, things done right and living a, rich, uh, a righteous life are both the result of making right choices, or in other words, planning to do the right thing. If you're you're doing the right thing, it's because you plan to do it. You see, the truth is, with the nature that we are born with, this old Adamic nature, we're prone to go astray. Uh, We don't naturally go in the right direction. We're pulled according to the carnal nature that we still have, even though we're redeemed. Even though God saved us and has redeemed us, there's still that pull of the world in our lives. And if we don't have the right kind of a schedule that's leading us in the right direction to take us to the right place, uh, we'll have a tendency to sin. It's just a tendency that we were born with, and when we were born again, it's still there. The old nature is not eradicated, and so it's something that we have to battle every day. So, to prevent that, we have to have a plan, we have to schedule, have set goals, to be accomplished. So, Roman number one. Plan your work. Plan your work. And a under that, planning is essential. It's essential to plan and to schedule our days, and then perform accordingly. Uh, when there is disorganization, chaotic conditions, and such like, uh, it could be it could be it could be the result of declining physical abilities that we have who are making the mess. And in that case, maybe sometimes for some people, maybe some family members need to get involved in our, in our lives. And if they're not available or sadly uninterested, and I'm afraid sometimes that may be the case, that sometimes uh, children are not that interested in their adults, uh, their parents or, or other adults in the family interested. If that's the case, then that's where the church comes in. That's where other believers in the church need to take up the slack and help those. It's never good. Uh, It's not healthy for a person to continue living in disorganized, chaotic conditions. And believe me, as a pastor, I've come across folks like that. We've had people in our church, this church right here, uh, like that and uh, have had to help them in some, some dramatic ways. So, number two, letter B, planning is biblical. And I hope we understand that because it's necessary for us to understand that planning is God's plan. It's biblical. God made man not to be a, not, not only to be a worker, but to be an efficient worker. We're made in the image of God, and God plans His work, and so then... We ought to plan our work, Uh, turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. I'm going to start reading here while you're turning there, but in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, actually the whole first 15 verses of this chapter we could read, but I'm not going to read that far. I'm just going to read down through verse 8. It says this, to everything there is a season and a time, uh, to every person under heaven, to every purpose under heaven, A time to be born, a time to die, time to plant, time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rent, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak. Boy, I could stop there and wax eloquent on that one for a little while, but we don't have the time to do that. So let's move on. Number eight. It's a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. What's that tell you? Does that not tell you that God has a time set for everything, has a schedule? And, you know, that's not the only example we have in the Bible. Even the very birth of Christ was on schedule. In Daniel chapter 9, uh, we're not going to read those verses uh, right now, but but, uh, in Daniel chapter 9, there's laid out for Christ a timetable there in that chapter. And it's interesting, some 700 years after Daniel gave that prophecy, that we saw that all come to pass. Do you realize that Jesus Christ was born right on time? In fact, Paul in the book of Galatians put it this way in the fullness of time, Christ came. It's on schedule. Uh, Christ just came at the right time. The setting in the world was right, uh, right on schedule. All the events listed in Isaiah chapter 53 occurred exactly as they were planned. And even Peter made a point in his sermons to the Jews of uh, of everything happening precisely as God planned it. And there are some verses there in the book of Acts that you can look up if you'd like. All prophecy assumes planning. When Jesus came in the fullness of time, he knew he was operating on a schedule. So God has a plan. God has a schedule. He's working out his plan. Sometimes we don't like his plan, but he likes it. And so we better learn to like it. Amen? Amen. And uh, so we have a biblical background, a biblical reason for scheduling, for making plans. Letter C, planning is normal. If God works according to a plan, and, schedule. and if Jesus' ministry was scheduled down to the very hour of his death, then it's important and it's normal that we human beings created in God's image cannot function well apart from a plan, apart from planning. And yet because of our time, because our time is no longer structured by our parents, our school, or our employer, many of us elderly saints, Uh, Try to function without any plans or without any functions. We just we're out there drifting. We're on a sea, just drifting, letting things happen as they will. Um, You know that old song, some of you will remember, K. Sarah Sarah, what will be, will be. Uh, That's not all biblical, but the truth is that we live like it is. You know, what will be, will be. and that's the way we live our lives sometimes. Uh, we, just, uh, uh, we just take things as they come. In other words, we live by drift. Uh, we may tell you that's the way we like it. It avoids unnecessary pressure, et cetera. Uh, but that's probably not true. Lack of planning is what creates unnecessary pressure. Anybody ever been late to church? Anybody honest about that? You can see my hand up. You know what that was? You're under pressure. Come on, woman. You're out, you, you men are out in the car blowing the horn. Beep, 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 beep. She's up there putting her shoes on. One at a time. And then after she gets her shoes on, she realizes, oh, I didn't put any lipstick on yet. You know? And you're out there just as nervous and under great pressure. we got to get to church. we got to get to church. Come on, come on, come on. Come a lack of planning creates pressure. Stop looking at her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a doghouse tonight. <laughs> oh, she's, she's not that bad. So. <clears throat> Suspense and guesswork are hard to live with, and perhaps uh, more than we actually recognize. As older people, we have we have trouble because of a lack of disciplining our lives and planning our lives. You know, <clears throat> uh, I know how I've lived with I've lived with one lady for almost eighty for eighty. <laughs> Sixty-sixty-two 62 years, no, 61 years. How many is it, 61? It'll be 61 in June. Huh? It'll be 61 in June. 61 in June, yeah, yeah. you were married in 61. Yeah, I was, that's right, you're right. 61 in June, June 24. Write that down, somebody. <laughs> and remind me. <laughs> And uh, <clears throat> boy, where was I going to go with that? <laughs> Help me out, babe. I was headed someplace with that. Well, that's what you get for living with the same woman for sixty-one years. You forget stuff, you know. I think I was going to say, I know how women operate. I've lived with one for sixty-one years. Yeah. Um, but I don't. After that, I don't really remember where I was going to go with it. So let's just move on. It's probably best that we do that anyway. I'm already in deep water. Okay, over my head. Didn't plan well. I'm sorry. Didn't plan well. I didn't plan well. <laughs> Is that what you said? Well, one thing I know is when, when we're late for church and I'm speeding through the subdivision to get out and get on the road to speed uh, out on there on 664 to get here to church on time, that somebody didn't plan their time right. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's what you were going to say. What? That's what you were going to say. Is that what I was going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Elva. <laughs> Shut up, Coles, and move on. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, uh, now where was I here in my notes? (laughs) Paul talked about a lack of structure in that passage I read in uh, in uh, Second Thessalonians in verses eleven through thirteen of this third chapter of Second Thessalonians. Paul said this. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, uh, working not at all. They're busybodies. Busybodies, in other words, they're gossips, uh, messing in other people's business. Now, them which uh, which are such, we commend and we commend and exhort by the Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they should work and eat their own bro- Own bread. But ye, brethren. Be not weary in well-doing." Now, what's that have to do with scheduling your time? Well, because of the unstructured way in which some of these people were living there in the church of Thessalonica, Paul dressing that church, of course, uh, because of their unstructured way of living, some of the believers there in that church, uh, they, were, they were idly going about doing very little in a disorderly manner. Look back in verse 7. Here Paul says, for yourselves know that ye ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Paul says, when I was there ministering, Paul Paul founded that church at Thessalonica, and he was there, I believe it was 18 months he was there, getting that church going before he turned it over uh, to another preacher. But he said, "We we were organized we did not walk disorderly. Uh, that, does, that not only means that we didn't walk, uh, we weren't misbehaving while we were there, it also means that, that we did things in an order, orderly fashion to get you guys started in that church and get it going. And somehow that's broken down, and that's kind of the idea of what Paul's uh, driving at here, that, uh, that uh, we, we were not disorderly among you. But they've become to the point, in fact, some of them had stopped working. And uh, they were busybodies going about other people's business, not minding their own business. And uh, Paul says you need to be a little more organized than that. And, uh, <clears throat> in fact, in First Thessalonians chapter 4, let me just flip back here and read those verses. In verses 11 and 12, it says, there 11... Uh, yeah, 11 and 12 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. You get to the right place here. He says, uh, and that ye study to be quiet and do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that ye walk honestly toward them that are without, that is the outside of the church. Unbelievers, talking about walking in the presence of unbelievers here. He says, order your life so that you're a good testimony to those who are unbelievers. How in the world are you ever going to reach unbelievers if you don't have an order in your own life? If you don't live orderly yourself. That's what he's saying here. Uh, that you may, you, have, you may have lack of nothing. And so, <clears throat> uh, not only that, he, he suggests here in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. That if you don't shape up, I recommend that the church take discipline on you. Uh, look at verses 14 and 15 of this third chapter, 2 Thessalonians. He says this. Uh, he says, And if any obey not your word by this epistle, note that man, have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. And yet count him not as an enemy. He's a member of the church, he's a believer. Don't count him as an enemy, as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother, uh, that he needs to walk orderly and uh, order his life and, and, uh, and be a good godly example. And so planning is normal. Letter D, planning prevents clutter. I could probably spend a good bit of time on this, and I must confess that as I prepared this part of this lesson, I myself thought, you know, I fall into this trap, and, um, and I'm going to give you an example of one thing here in just a bit, but planning prevents clutter. It should be clear to us that clutter, chaos, confusion are not God's way of doing things. Uh, if that's God's way, if that's not God's way, then it should not be our way either. It shouldn't be the way of God's children. Clutter is anything we're keeping that doesn't add value to our life. I highlighted that statement, and uh, you should probably underline that highlight. Decluttering is all about making room in your home for things that that truly matter. Why do we accumulate clutter? Good question. Some of the most common reasons are uncontrolled consumer impulses. I'm walking through Walmart, hmm, that looks good. I really ought to have one of those. So I put it in the cart. Wasn't planning other. You know, when I went in there, I, was, I had something else in mind. But you know what? I might be able to use that someday. Now, don't sit there and look down your pious nose at me. I've done that, but so have you. At least some of you. Emotional sentiment. Oh, that was my grandmother's. I can't get rid of that. Right, Wayne? Yeah, I see you nodding your head there. Yeah. Memories of the past. You know, my mother used to use this, and uh, I, I don't. I can't use it today. But my mother used it, and I just can't get rid of it. Anybody want to say, "Oh me"? Yeah, okay, all right. Fear of future needs. You know, I may need that someday. I don't want to get rid of that. I, you know, the occasion may arise that I I'm, I'm probably will need that someday. Guilt or obligation. My, my grandfather wouldn't be very happy with me if I departed, if I, you know, if I got rid of that. I'd feel so guilty if I, if you know, I've got an obligation to hang on to that. Or hope of future change. You know, you know things may change, and I, <clears throat> that'll come in handy someday when the, when the future changes a little bit. <clears throat> well, since most clutter comes from the accumulation of things that are no longer useful to us in our old age, we should sell them or maybe give them away to somebody else that can use them. You know, there may be a young couple in our church or maybe some other church just getting married and they don't have very much. Uh, that's not the case generally nowadays as it was when some of us got married. Uh, but um, it seems like young people have far more than we have, you know. But, uh, but there are occasions where somebody could use something that we have that we no longer need and they could use it. Why not give it to them? because we have some sentimental value, it has some, something like that? Why not just give it to them? They can use it. You need to realize this. Your kids don't want it. That's exactly right, <laughs> that's right. So don't hang on to it because you think your kids want it because they don't want it. The problem is not only a lack of planning, but it's also a failure to get rid of things that are no longer of real value or real use to us Now, I said I was going to give you an example. Cheryl, our daughter came up from South Carolina a few weeks ago to help us uh, begin to clear us some stuff out we We're trying to downsize we're trying to get rid of stuff and it's a really it's really a problem and uh <clears throat> About ten years ago, I bought a a radio Shack amplifier that i that at that time i w- I had a definite reason for buying it. It was actually used but uh, but I bought it bought it at a pawn shop. I put it on the shelf, and there it 's been collecting dust ever since I bought it ten years ago and Cheryl said, "Dad, have you used this or are you going to use it?" I said, no, and get this, no, but I hope to use it someday. (laughs) I actually said that. And she said, Dad, how long have you had this? I said, well, I probably got it about 10 years ago. She says, you haven't used it in 10 years, and you're not going to use it in the next 10 years. Get rid of it. And I said, well, you know, no, Dad, get rid of it. So I succumbed to my daughter's wishes and got rid of it. And the other day I was sitting, you know, I wonder if I should really have gotten rid of that amplifier. (laughs) Uh, But it's gone now, and I'll I'll probably never have use for it, you know. But, you know, things may change in the future, and I may have need for it, you know. (laughs) So I'm as guilty as anybody else as far as things like that go, uh, really. And so, anyway, this next statement, uh, by Laura Kinsella, she's a professional organizer who founded an organization called Urban Organize, spelled differently, but anyway, she made this following statement, It's it's really well worth uh, reading. So let me read it for you. It's going to be on the, it's on the screen, but you've got it there in front of you as well. Here's what she said. She said, decluttering is all about honoring who we are Now, underscore the word now. Oftentimes, when we go through items and try to make room, we get stuck in who we were in the past. Uh, This could show up in a hobby that we're we've outgrown, a pair of pants that uh, that are less than flattering. I had a pair of pants like that one time. Some of you may remember those ugly pants I used to wear at picnics and stuff around the church. Anybody remember those things? Either, yeah, okay. Well, they disappeared one day. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I really did. They. I went to put them on. We were having a picnic here at the church, and I went to get them and said, "Babe, what happened to my pants?" She said, "I'll never tell." <laughs> uh, anyway um, or anything that doesn't reflect our current wants or needs, uh, by first by first checking checking in with ourselves and our goals, the decluttering process becomes as simple as... Does this item item honor my life right now? Does it reflect my current lifestyle and habits? Uh, By reframing some of of these questions, uh, we don't fall into a place of serving ourselves we once were, but serving who we are right now. And so let's get rid of some of the clutter we have around our houses, all right? Uh, Letter E, planning has a plan. Planning isn't only for the young. It's important for us older Christians as well. And so how do we do this? The first thing that that must happen is we must be convinced that it's biblical. And we gave you a biblical basis for it a little while ago and then proceed in a biblical manner. So how do we do this? Letter one, or number one. Assess the need. Take a look at it. Everyone will differ somewhat, of course. Uh, in one case, clutter may, be a lar- clutter may be the large problem. In another, it doesn't even enter-, enter the equation. Some of you don't have a problem with clutter, probably. Most of us probably do, but there probably are some here that you don't have a problem with clutter. If you don't need it, you get rid of it. Good for you. Seriously, um, and so <clears throat> you begin by assessing the situation. Ask yourself what, what problems must be resolved. When the problems are identified, uh, define them clearly. Write them down in an, orderly, in or, in an order of importance. Uh, begin to sketch out a plan in dealing with each of these problems. Uh, The order of importance may stem from any number of matters. If, for instance, clutter is keeping you from achieving anything else or much else, then you may have to deal with that first. If watching television all day and all night or late into the night is is a sin that's keeping you from achieving worthwhile things, then you should deal with that issue first. Address the primary issue first and then move on to the next items on your list. Make a list. And uh, it'll help you to get rid of some things in your life that need to get rid of, that you need to work on and get rid of if you make a, make a list of them, of them. You cannot build until you've laid a foundation. And the foundation is that which is fundamental or foundational to every other problems. If you have a problem in your life, if you're dealing with a problem in your life that affects other things in your life, that's the thing that you need to work on first uh, to fix that. Uh, deal with them one by one. If you've got a, if you've got a, a lot of things that are conglomerate to make up one large mess, then deal with them one by one. Don't try to tackle them all at the same time. You'll never get any of them accomplished. Amen. But learn to deal with one thing at a time. Get it settled. Get rid of it. Move it out of your life. Move it out of your home, whatever needs to be done with it, and then move on to the next thing. That's what we're talking about, making a schedule. And, uh, and a timeline, you know, uh, what's the, t- how, how long is it going to take me to deal with this, to fix it, you know? And write down a timeline. I'm running out of time. Draw up a schedule, you can read that. Now, number three, draw up a schedule. Number two, rather, draw up a schedule. Number three, tackle the plan. Tackle it, take care of it. Uh, and the example there is maybe, maybe you want a Bible study, you want to plan a Bible study. Uh, well, I don't know how to study the Bible. Well, go to someone that can teach you to do it. And uh, go to your pastor. Go to Pastor Asher and say, Pastor, would you teach me how to study the Bible? And uh, read that illustration there. It's in, your, it's in your notes. And that brings us then uh, to Roman numeral two. Work your plan. Plan your work and then work your plan. Be committed to it, stick to it. And I wish I had time to go ahead and teach these next two pages, I don't, we're out of time right now. In fact, I think it's one page for you, but um, but work your plan. And and notice, uh, let me go ahead and give you uh, the the words here so you can fill in the outline. Letter A is commitment. Commitment is essential. Commit yourself to doing it. Stick to it. It's essential. And numbers one through five under that. Number one is know what you're getting into. If you don't, uh, you'll have a problem. Number two, desire to do it. Have a desire to do it. It may not be a pleasant thing, but if it's the right thing, do it, even though it's unpleasant. Okay? That should motivate us, the fact that it's the right thing to do it. It's the godly thing to do. It's the biblical thing to do. So do it. Make the right choices. Number three, uh, have the skills and resources to accomplish the task. This is necessary. Have the skills and the resources to accomplish the task. And if you don't have the skills and resources, go to somebody that can help you get them. Number four, schedule the activity. And number five, accomplish it by keeping to the schedule. Accomplish it by keeping to the schedule. And then the final point is letter B completion is satisfying. Completion is satisfying. When you complete that schedule, when you come to the end of it, oh, what a relief! How satisfying it is to be able to have accomplished something is very satisfying. It's not only satisfying to you; it's satisfying to God as well. And so, um, I trust that uh, I trust that this is a help to all of us today. Unclutter your life, and your home. Father, I pray that you will help us, Lord, to take these principles, knowing how to get things accomplished. And I pray, Lord, that we would be diligent in doing it. And I pray, God, that you will help us to commit ourselves to doing what needs to be done. Help us, God, to make the right choices in life. And all the clutter and confusion, Lord, that may be present there. I pray, God, that you will help us to work on it, that we can get it cleared up so that we can be more effective Christians, more effective servants of Thine, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening.